Yo, 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 welcome to NS9 Post Game Show, the hodgepodge of nothingness, part of Pittsburgh Baseball Now. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Tyler Sweeney. So, Before we start this, it's all Jim's fault. This is all Jim's fault. I mean, how many times does he go to a Pirates game, they get blown out? Every time we see, like, tonight he had softball. Wasn't watching the game. It's a good game. Pirates are winning. He literally tweeted... Coming back from softball, what happened? You know what happened in that moment? That moment, <laughs> the tides shifted and the Pirates lost. They're yeah. up eight to four, Ty Ty. Happy birthday, Leonardo. Hey, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, this is an ongoing thing. We just don't recognize your birthday. But that's also because no one really knew, know. knew when your birthday was. Well, but, that's um, why I remind you guys every year in the group chat when I wish you a happy birthday, and I tell you, "Oh, weird! I thought we had the same birthday." Right. So for I used all those someone listening, today and they didn't get it. Hurt. Yeah, for all those listening, for all those watching, today is Tyler's birthday. So happy birthday, Tyler! Know what I did? Two podcasts. You did, and it's nine bets. Go check that out if you haven't. And now you're doing this one. Fun times. Yeah. Back to Jim. Piss on that back, guy. Back to hating on Jim. Like he doesn't he doesn't show up to work. He doesn't do anything. And then as soon as he turns on the Pirates games, they lose. Like there's no benefits yeah. from Jim. Not good. Um let's talk about today's game though. Yeah, I guess we have to. 13 left. Well, <laughs> who's counting the final dude, I'm, countdown I mean, for, for, the, for god's sake like do we all want to sit here and watch do this every night i i guess we do like that's why we watch the maximum we amount have... of times is 13 more times i want to do this yeah um you know what i'm ready for i'm ready to jump ahead to next april i i want i want to see what happens I'm ready to move on to the next chapter. Like I'm on the last. I mean, I'm ready. This chapter, I'm ready to move on. I want to. I'm, I'm ready for the off season. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to focus on the future. Yes, I want because we didn't different. get a whole lot of that this year. But we thought it was going to happen. It hasn't. That's neither here nor there. But I'm ready to move on. I'm. We're four pages from the final chapter of this book, and let's go. Before we do move on, though, there is there is a player who we just got a little taste of. And today yes. was his second start. And that's Luis Ortiz. And like, if there was one reason to extend this season, it would be to, to continue to watch Luis Ortiz. Because I am hella intrigued right now. We talked about the first start. Jesus and Christ. How it was, was. But hey, it's one, one start. I'm 29 years old today, and you just used the term hella. Shut up. We're still doing that. You're like 40. Yeah, we are. 
So, <laughs> listen, his second start today against the New York Yankees. I mean, this is in New York Yankee Stadium. He's in Yankee Stadium, right? The I mean, the field dimensions are 200 feet. and Literally. It's a T-ball field. It's a home run. So... That was his his plague. If you want to look at minor leagues, right? He had like the one point five home runs per nine. Um, but again, we saw what he did his first outing. Now, again, it's only the second start, right? It's a very small sample. The the book's not out on him. You know, players are going to adjust. They're going to see what he has, and that won't happen until next year, anyways. He's not going to have enough starts to really, you know, pitchers or pitchers, but batters adjust to him. But regardless, regardless, second start right now against the Yankees. In Yankee Stadium, five innings pitched, one earned run, should have been zero, five strikeouts, three hits, two walks. Didn't allow a hit until the, what, the fourth? I think it was the fourth. So, Mr. Pitching Yenza, tell us about Luis Ortiz. I think I came away today more intrigued by Luis Ortiz than I was his first start. Because I, we saw him hold the velocity into later innings again. And I think the first outing, you can maybe attribute some of that to adrenaline and just being the first start. Sure. We saw a lot of the same tonight. And I think the control, maybe not the command, but the control was better tonight, I think, against a very potent lineup. And he just brings it, dude. Like, there's no other way to put it, but he he pumps it. He has no fear. No, he's, he's it's it's your it's your first time up. It's the Cincinnati Reds, like you said. You could have the adrenaline going, or whatever. I mean, he took his tail. He it wasn't the stage wasn't too big for him the first night. But again, it's an inferior team. Now he's going into Yankee Stadium facing the Yankees. His second start, and everything you're saying. He he attacked these hitters, and his stuff was there, and the results were there. I'm Absolutely, I'm man. excited, man. It's another new Huntington dub. <laughs> the big <laughs> dub, baby. Okay, I mean, I'm trying to think so, of like a guy he reminds me of, but I can't. Off the top of my head, there's not many like fastball slider guys that throw like him that are really effective. Normally they will have Especially one starter. more pitch in there. Yeah, as a starter. And it's weird because we get so excited about just relievers that throw that hard. And this guy's holding it through four or five innings right now. So let me bring something up. Now that you say that, okay, the irony in this. Weren't you really the one touting against Jim, who is more or less saying you can't be a two-pitch guy, fastball slider, and you're mm-hmm. saying you could? Was that the argument or was it opposite? So my argument was that you can be a fastball curveball guy. Oh, that's what it was. speed. That's fastball what it was. slider, I think, is a little bit tougher. I think we see Degrom do it a little bit. Um, there's been a few guys that can be fastball slider guys. I mean, Garrett Cole kind of is, but he does have the curveball. Mm. Uh, I mean, Chad Cole did it a lot, but we don't really see the the really effective pitchers be fastball slider because everyone's just hard. Okay. So you'd probably Fair like enough. to see him add something that's a change of speed, but I'd rather work with what he's already got than anything else. Right. I so mean, I want to bring. 
Bring Ronzi kind of is fastball slider, but he does have that curveball as well, and he's working to change up a little more. Mm-hmm. Well, today he threw the fastball, the four seamer, forty one times, threw the slider thirty times, and the changeup three. <laughs> so basically, like you're saying fastball slider. We talked last time his uh, his start where the slider wasn't wasn't crisp, wasn't great. It was just it played so well off the fast or yeah, off the fastball, right? And today. I mean, it was all kinds of swings and misses. So he got 14 swings off of it, seven swings and misses, right? 50% whiff rate. Kind of the same thing as like last last start. Um, How much do you think he drank at softball? Tiper glass now. <laughs> I mean, glass Not now as was much as you drank ball. today. I haven't but, drank um, that much, actually. Again, like his stuff plays. And the yeah. fact that like the velocity has has held up the whole way through. That's what I'm mean, my biggest takeaway from last start was as well. I mean, he threw like a hundred, he threw a hundred mile. I think it was like 99.9 is what it clocked in technically, but it was 99.9 in the fifth inning last start. And like the same thing this week, just it's, it's holding up the entire time. It's not as if like he throws a hundred miles an hour the first inning and then he's walking away, throwing at 95, 96. It's the whole time. I mean, this dude is pumping straight gas. Yeah. And- I think the commands maybe not holding up as much as you'd love, but it's still not bad at that point. He, like you mentioned, he should not have given up an earned run on on any planet. No, a competent no. major league team makes it out. Thank you, and it's like I, I want to say thank you, Diego Castillo. Right? I mean, it was his. A lot of blame goes on him, right? Brian Reynolds gets yeah. the error. A lot of blame goes on him, but also at the same time, he's not an outfielder, so like you can't blame him for playing a position he can't play. It's not his fault. He's an infielder, no. but he's playing an outfield. You had two, you had three of them sitting in the bench today. <laughs> I'm I'm not even going to comment. Like it'll take us down a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down tonight. That's fine. That's fine. We don't have to because we've talked about that 158 times so far. Yeah, I think it's, what are we 100 so like yeah. 148 times so far. I, I, so yeah, yeah. But Anyways, yes or Ortiz. Very, very intrigued. I he certainly should get a real shot at the rotation next year in spring training. It's two starts. I get it, but I don't see how he he shouldn't by any means either. But we see this rotation. I mean, are you really going to Zach Thompson, Bryce Wilson, like are those guys going to be the ones not giving him a fair shot or opportunity? So, uh, like, I'm I'm with you so far. I think he should get that fair shot. But again, ultimately, like, the, so all the stuff we're talking about right now, it's not also as if he was like the number three prospect in the pirate system, mm-hmm. and you need him to be the number one, number two. I mean, this guy is essentially come out of nowhere. A lot of people never even heard of him until a week ago. And if he could just be a number four, number five, that's that's a win, right? But the thing I'm getting at is. Even if he doesn't work out, like you're seeing everything that this guy can really be an elite reliever. I'm just ignoring every thought of service time manipulation with him. Because if they're it's it's Jack Sawinski all over. Like if you're manipulating service time for Luis Ortiz, then what the hell are you doing here? Well, you already did. That's why he's here now. <laughs> so it probably had more to do with the fact that he just wasn't year. a prospect. Probably. I mean he I mean, he's still rated like the number 30th prospect, but, and that's why also like to pump your brakes a little bit, but yeah. he has 
had a really solid year. You're, you're hearing a lot of people talk about him. And we're seeing it now firsthand. So there's definitely some st- stuff to be excited about. So, yeah, big, big start for Luis Ortiz. Very good outing, even though he doesn't get the win. <laughs> and, you know, like, just to shed some positive light, I think, on the pirate season. The pitching staff has taken a step forward going into next year. There's fewer question marks, I think. You know, seeing Mitch Keller do what he's done is encouraging. JT Brubaker is encouraging. Seeing Ronzi put together an okay year. I don't want to go overboard with him, but he's put together an okay year. Seeing an Ortiz do this when maybe you would hope it would have been a hurry or someone like that. But seeing another prospect take a step forward, it looks like if you squint hard enough, they might be in a bit of a better position. Mm-hmm. That's that's fair. I don't think you have to squint that hard. But again, it wasn't like the bar was too high. Yeah. Like a lot of it, things have gone as if saying it's well. good. It's just a better position. 88th place is better than 100. Like there's there's not an ace in this rotation right now. No, Ronesy, there's not. He's got some. He there. He needs to take a few steps forward. Keller has, I think, kind of started to solidify himself as a middle of the rotation guy. Brubaker, lower end guy. Ortiz might be able to fit into a rotation somewhere. There's, there's been some positive steps, but I'm not going to be as negative as I always am. There, there right. are some things you can look at and take positives from this year in the pitching staff realm. I agree. You're going into next season more confident in players than than this season. Again, there was I think there are very there big are lack of confidence in Keller. Marks. Right, uh, Keller. Again, we when we talked, Jim and I talked a lot in Starbucks about that. You know, it was a very much of a break, make it or break it year for him. Um, where I think it was probably easier to decide that he's not gonna he's not gonna make it. And Brubaker, a lot of question marks, right? He he broke down, but maybe he just isn't that guy. And I think Brubaker answered a lot of questions. And again, like no one's saying that they're an ace. It's just they're starting pitchers. They're major league starting pitchers. Like that's the bar right now. And that's a, that's enough for next year at this point in time. Man, we're talking about a team that need to add on to it. Thompson and freaking Bryce Wilson a lot. Exactly. Exactly. And Tyler Beatty. And those guys aren't starting pitchers, and that's fine. But, hey, you know Keller is. You know Brubaker is. Ronesy is. 350 rotation, you know, are starting pitchers. Maybe yeah, Luis Ortiz something. is, and you give him the opportunity next year to, to prove himself, right? And the other guys start coming up. Maybe Quinn Priesters comes up, and, hey, hell, maybe they like sound Burrows. Right, Burrows. Like, there are, there are, we're getting closer rotation-wise. Very true. It's It's baby steps, but... It's it's a better position, I guess, going into the next year than we were sitting this year. But it's also taking a lot longer to get there. <sighs> so what is your 2023 rotation? Happy birthday, Tyler. Uh, Give us, bless us with your rotation. Well, it's... I'm giving Keller a ball on opening day. He doesn't want to do it this year. I'll do it next year. Ronzi, I'm still calling him Ronzi. I don't care if his name's Ronzi. I'm I'm not Latin enough to do that. Brubaker's in it. 
I would put Ortiz in it, and then, I mean, they're not going to start Burrow or Priester, so just give me a free agent that's not terrible. Um, that's I'm not my you. wish list. That's what I think will happen. Yeah. Again, I'm with you because I want to see more. And again, that's just maybe the hopefulness. I want to see more Ortiz, but he could also ultimately just be not that good of a pitcher. And he is a bullpen guy. And now you only, you're back in that situation where you have three real guys and what are you going to do? So that's why the veterans make sense. Um, I think he should get every opportunity to. That's, that's for sure. I would prefer a couple of free agents. And then maybe Ortiz is in the bullpen. We talk about this, especially especially you, like the Brewers' way, right? Like maybe he's in the bullpen for next year, and then he slides in the rotation or, or whatnot. I mean, you have some guys start proving themselves. I don't know. I would so prefer I think- to have a couple of reagents, like maybe actually have a real pitching staff and make some real strides. And hey, if Priesters prove himself, Burroughs prove himself, you know they're going to manipulate those service times. Maybe you do to Quintana and trade the guy, right? So. To me, it's one extreme or the other. They either need to just go all in, start the young guys, or go the other way and sign some dudes. We can't have another year of a Brace Wilson and Zach Thompson. I think they're they're done. I mean, I I don't know. But I'm saying one of those types of dudes. No, you're right. A guy like that cannot start next year. They're both DFA candidates, and I would not be shocked by any means if both of them are DFA. They probably, I mean, they probably should. Anthony, bring Katana back. I'm with it. Bring him back. Bring him back, baby. I mean, trade I him again. He can be the new. Oh God, who was that kept getting traded to the Mets? <laughs> like every time. Um, I can't remember. I swear he got traded to the Mets like three times. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I'll find out. Anyways. Sign time. There you go. But yeah, I'll, I'll be down with that. But let's get back to this game because I mean, we yeah. want to keep this short. Um, yeah. Not short, but you know, we don't need to talk 40 minutes about this. Yeah. So Luis Ortiz will move on. That was as positive as we have ever been on this post game show after a loss like this. Oh, <laughs> the way this <laughs> loss was, uh, probably. <laughs> but this, I mean, there was a lot of positives in this game. Like that's what really sucked about this game. I know it was long, and you hate long games or whatever, but it honestly was a fun, interesting game, and it helped that the Pirates were winning for a good portion. We went back and forth a little bit, but offensively, the pitching, you know, there's a lot of positives from this. Brian Reynolds goes four for five today, two RBIs, a big home run. Rodolfo Castro, his 11th home run. We just keep talking about Castro and that pop, and you know, again, the big theme this week was the potential between a Cruz and Rodolfo Castro middle infield what the power could be and Castro just says I'm gonna just keep going it's another home run today sure he pimped the hell of it and I loved it but it also was his it wasn't that deep Castro and that's just one of those moments where it's like had that ball been like four feet short it would have been a fly out and then we're talking quite differently about Rodolfo Castro so those are just some of the things with Castro (laughs) that happened but Again, the tools are freaking there. They absolutely are. And I'm glad he's getting a real opportunity right now. 
Um, we also saw O'Neill Cruz with some walks today against a tough lefty. I think the the Aroldis Chapman at bat looked about, I think, as well as we expected it to look. It, it is Chapman. That's, I mean, lefties don't hit him. Right. It, it just wasn't going to happen there. Um, I think we did see a little bit of respect by getting the slider there first pitch. Like yeah. He wasn't challenging him, but I don't want to sound like one of the guys that everybody wants to criticize on Twitter about being all over O'Neill Cruz. Get that OBP up. I'm okay with it. Don't love seeing him late in the order, but, you know, tough lefty today. Get some walks, some good at-bats. Like you said, Castro, home run. Brian Reynolds is unfortunately really turning it on late. He's he's been a mix. He gets he's been really streaky this year, I would say. Yeah. He has his cold spells and he goes and gets red hot. I mean, we talked about the June, how it was on fire he was. Like he had like the third best June in like MLB history or something like that. August he was hot, then he got cold. September he was he's he was a little bit cold earlier. Now he's heating back up. He's been kind of streaky. I can't Not long him. streaks, but a bit streaky. I mean, but at the, at the end of the day, his swing doesn't change. Jim brought it up in our group chat. He really does have one of the better swings I've seen from both sides of the plate. He's just, he's a major league hitter all around and kind of sad that this might be the last like two weeks we get to see him. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen there. It just puzzles me. It just puzzles me. But regardless, yeah, big day from him. Going back to Cruz, yeah, I mean, those three walks, they were all impressive. It was a lefty. And the thing is, he, like, full counts every single time. Like, I, I joke and say, like, he's like the full count king. He gets them all the time. And they're quite differently. It's either they throw nothing to him, which, again, that's the one thing with him being in the seven hole. He had no one behind him. They weren't throwing much at him. But here's the difference between this time and before. And again, we talk about progression. We talk about development, right? He wasn't chasing. I mean, the 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 first or second time, I can't remember, with uh, with Cortez. Cortez was kind of dumbfounded that he wasn't getting swings from Cruz. You know, and like that's the difference right now you're seeing from O'Neill Cruz. The, the first time, like a month ago, maybe a little longer than a month ago, he's swinging those pitches in a strikeout. And this time he held up, and it's a walk. So, like, it's these small little things that you're starting to see some progression from O'Neill Cruz. You're walking away comfortable. Like, yeah, did he get no, any hits tonight? No. Did he strike out twice, you know, two out of five times? Yes. But those three walks, I mean, those were good plate appearances. I would like to see him hit somewhere. <laughs> get some more RBIs. I, I mean, yeah, but, but you're on base three out of five times. I'll take that every day of the week. And that's what I'm getting at. And th those Especially are against what he faced tonight. Right. So I come away like that was that's a good game from Manuel Cruz offensively. Yeah, defensively, not great. Right. Right. There's you did have to work. watch. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. There is. And for the same thing, like with Castro, like I, I just feel it's stuff that and you tell me if, how you feel, but like it's stuff that you feel it like can be cleaned up. Yeah. Um the only difference, I think, there is an expiration date on O'Neill Cruz. Castro, I think, is going to be able to play the in, the middle infield, well, second or third, 
long term. Cruz, I think we are running on an expiration date. He's just going to get to a point where he can't play there anymore, and it's just going to be age related. I think. Mm-hmm. Also, and that's there's, fair. There's enough guys that are going to be able to play it at a good level, like a I mean, really good level. Play. It's something we can discuss in the off season. But there's enough guys that if you move them off, you hope the bat plays enough to play somewhere else, and that there's more value in him not being there. Yeah. and he says imagine how good Cruz would be if he got to hit underwood and crow yeah we don't want to get there yet anthony thanks we've been so positive so far on the show yeah you just had to ruin it man but yeah big day not a big day well big day from brian reynolds good at bat from cash over that home run there and he did draw a walk too Cruz had three walks even kevin newman goes two for five today jason delay baby Keep bringing up ratio, Jim, wherever you're at. Ratio. I mean, Jason DeLay just always finds like it, I can't stress it enough. He is not a good hitter, but yet he always finds himself in action. And he does it again today. So Jason DeLay goes one for three with two RBIs and a walk. <laughs> it's my catcher, man. It's a big hit, yeah. too. I mean, Jason Delay is a fine backup catcher. And by fine, I mean on this team, he's fine. He's Even not in. Uh, I, okay, I'll let you finish. He's not good, <laughs> like at all. He plays okay defense. Maybe slightly better than okay. And we probably overvalue him because we've seen so much poorly played catcher defense this year and last year and the year before and the year before. It's been a long time. <laughs> like we watched Jacob Stallings play. I mean, he, he did play some good defense, but you're, we've watched off, you're a lot of hater. really bad defense. From that position. It's like first base where we're like going crazy over Michael Chavis. And we just want to see more Michael Chavis. Even though Michael Chavis stinks. Outside of being a pretty good defensive first baseman. I I get all that. And I mean, we're splitting hairs here. We're we're arguing about the backup catcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2022 and 2023. It's whatever. I'm perfectly okay with Jason Lee being a backup catcher next year. And honestly, like the way the catching situation is, hopefully Henry Davis makes his way to PNC next year at some point in time. Andy at some point in time, and he can play it. And I don't know if like his long-term value is a catcher. Like I kind of feel like his value is being able to play everywhere. And ultimately he'll probably be the backup catcher. And then when he's not backing up at catcher position, he's playing second or outfield or first or DH or whatever it might be. But like to have delay as your backup catcher in that transitional period, I'm perfectly okay with. And I guess what I'm getting at too is like the catching situation is just terrible all around in Major League Baseball. Like you look at the most valuable catchers, like the number 27th ranked catcher as far as war goes is 
Well, actually, I'll put the 28th is Joey Bart. <laughs> he's, a, he's the 28th best catcher to .9 war, and he's batting 221, 297. It's not like it's fantastic. Like the catching situation isn't good all around in baseball. So to, if we're talking about Jason Delay, he's to me, he's good enough. The defense isn't what it was when we first saw him. Like when we first came up, he saw some really good defensive plays. It's slipping. It's slipping. But to me, it's good enough. Um, I don't know, man. He's like Mr. Mini Clutch. He's just he's just involved in plays. I think he puts the ball in play a decent amount. He's kind of like a very light version of Chris Stewart. The thing is, that's where we were to begin with. Defensively, he's nowhere near Chris Stewart. Like that's no, the problem. Chris Stewart was very good. And Chris Stewart, I mean, he could hit for 300, though, like in his sleep. He got like, on base. Like, it it so, is a mini version to a degree, yes. But Chris Stewart was like the ultimate backup catcher. I guess it's more that like it just seems that he is finding these gaps like Chris Stewart whenever times are needed. Fair enough. Jason Delay, by the way, the 45th ranked catcher in baseball. (laughs) There's just so many catchers I think you can find to do what he does. Like, there are a lot of good Well, how come the Pirates couldn't find it this year? (laughs) Because why can't they find relievers? Like, all right. We're talking too much about Jason Delay. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on to relievers because they can't find them. They suck. And and I'm sorry. It's just, like, I get it. Underwood stinks. He gives up the two earned runs today. He looked awful. His ERA is at a 4.53. Crow comes in, doesn't give up an out, blows the 8-4 lead. The 8-4 lead doesn't give up an out. Five earned runs. He's at a 415 ERA now. Ramirez has a nice outing, but he's still got the 5.52 ERA. Stevenson has a nice outing. He's got the 5.67 ERA. Though there's intrigue with Stevenson. Ramirez, not so much, I think, with either of us. This bullpen's terrible. But again, I'm sorry. This is where I gave caution to Crow. And it's not, he's not as good, but with Underwood, the same situation. Like when these guys have to pitch every freaking day, they're they're done. These numbers they're going to get even worse, and I don't throw that much issue to Crow and Underwood. It's not all their fault. Underwood's not the better pitcher. Crow, I think, still could be a good pitcher, but they're just going to look awful by the end of this year. And here we are. It's it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> part of it is well, part of it is that he's thrown seventy one innings coming in the night which is just absolutely ridiculous. The other part is that at this point, they're throwing him late in the game, and that's not who he is. You you have changed his role so many times this year. He started the year as a multi-inning guy where he could go two innings, light up the radar gun, throw the change up, get outs, and get you out of jams. Then we went back in, He's going to be an eighth inning guy, seventh inning guy. Then we went back to the long inning part. Now we're back to this. Now Bednar's injured and Gary De, Lu- De Los Santos. Holderman's injured, injured and, and De Los injured. injured and he's basically the closer. <laughs> Which it just all comes back to 
what I've tried to just scream is that stop trading your good players for relievers. It does not work ever. Stop doing it. How many times does Ben Sherrington have to do this? How many times is he going to trade actual position players for relievers? Well, I don't know because he doesn't get any relievers. He doesn't have any relievers. Yeah, because they're all hurt. Because he just trades for them and then they use them to death and then they die. Well, that's the problem. You got to stop using them to death. Like, get more of them. Stop having two Find or three the like you're, and then have nothing afterwards. That's If you're going to commit to sucking, just go on the scrap heap and recycle them. Stop burning them up. Which is what happened. Bednar injured. I'm, not, I'm, I'm putting all on his usage wise injured, but he is injured and he was used a ton. Will Crows used a ton and now he's terrible. Yeah, like he's you can have good relievers like, and then get other relievers and then use them all and not just two or three. When you're time. at the point where Will Crow can't get an out, it's obvious he's not getting an out this game. And you have no other option. Who's that fall on? I'm with you. That so we talked about the rotation. That to me, like next year, the biggest thing, like the the bullpen has to be formidable. It's the it's the easiest unit as an entirety, right? To build and cheaply. Like you can't you can't cheaply just build over an offseason an entire like lineup, right? Or rotation. But a bullpen, you you kind of can. And we're not asking for, you know, like the old school Royals bullpen or something like that, you know, or like even now, like the Yankees, where they've been, been putting together. Neil just Huntington something that like you can a career out of it. Well, he did. I get that. And like what I'm getting at is something we'd have to burn through three guys. Just make it good. So when you have a lead like tonight, you can actually be comfortable throwing out three or four guys and not just, okay, well, Crow, you gotta, you gotta do this. It's all on your hands now. And I, I, I do think that Sherrington's done better at this because I think Ramirez, I don't love him, but he has some stuff. What's his face from the Rockies. I can't even remember his name at this point. Stevenson. Stevenson. I was going to say Samuelson. <laughs> There's stuff there. We're not seeing the like Eric Stouts of the world mm-hmm. have to eat innings. There's at least some stuff now. But this shouldn't take so long to get here. Yeah. Well, that's more. These, I mean, these the thing guys are available is... all the time. Horderman should be back. De Los Santos should be back. Benner will be back. You'll have Crow. You'll have you maybe have Oviedo. Oviedo will be in the bullpen. I think he's also in that line that he he should get a shot, but, but I don't think he's a starter. Bullpen. And I I agree. Um, so like there should be this stuff here. So that that is what's promising. But like I still want to see. So like for instance, I mean, think about I don't forget their their names. He's pitching with the Dodgers, doing the same thing now, but. I mean, the, the guy that they picked up, the, the veteran that they picked up, that was just terrible for the Red Sox. And what's his name from Seattle? 
Aaron Fletcher, right? And then I still forget the the rest of He's with the Dodgers now. Start with the age. Anyways, like you can't just be doing that anymore. Like go out there and get something that's quality. Some quality guys. Just get guys with stuff. Get a good bullpen. Just get a good bullpen. That way you don't have to burn the starters either. You don't have to burn the other bullpen guys because you have an entire unit that you can have some trust in. It starts, you got to have a good plan. You got to know what to go after. And they don't. They haven't since he's taken over. True. Neil Huntington had a plan. He was going to acquire every single hard-throwing reliever he could. and then that, That's fair enough. They are he all had going a at mul- the wall, and we're going to figure out what sticks. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, he's pissed. He's pissed he couldn't see Luis Ortiz <laughs> come through. Yeah, that is a Huntington guy right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. He's pissed if he's teaching a sinker as well. (laughs) He's not so much pissed. Searage is. But, um, yeah. So, and I guess the other story, too, is that Aaron Judge hits the 60th tonight against the Pirates. Didn't think it was happening. But then they got an extra look. And Will Crow didn't have anything in it. It happened. So, yeah. Um, I don't care about that record at all. But I, I respect Judge. He's had a hell of a year. Monster. I respect the fact that he did not go up and have a full long curtain call at sixty, while they're down by three runs. He should be the MVP. That's, that's where I'm at. It's, I just think it's crazy how it's coming down again. Like last year, it wasn't close. Like Judge legit has a, he legit has a chance of doing it right now this late in the season. But for quite some time last year, it was, is Vlad going to be a triple crown winner and lose to Otani? And this year it's coming down to like Otani and Judge again. Now, Judge really has a, a shot of being a triple crown winner. But like Otani is just, it's just amazing how good he is on both sides. And I'm with you. Like, I think Judge will win it. He should win it. But also, like, it's just crazy what Otani is doing. It's just absolutely absurd how good of a player Otani is on both sides. And like, what he's doing on the, the pitching side this year. Is so much better than last year. Now, this guy is like a true ace right now. And an MVP yeah. caliber hitter. But at the same time, on both sides, he's still less valuable than Aaron Judge. Is on he one. is. That's just how elite Judge has taken his game this year. Yeah. And I'm with you. It's just like, it's just incredible how good like Aaron Judge is still two wins better than mm-hmm. Otani on one side of the ball. He is. Just having a phenomenal season. Stumps is the one that tweeted out. Doesn't take much to look it up though. But like he's his slugging percentage is higher than every Pirates OPS, but three. It's absurd. He, I mean, he does like playing a t-ball field. He does. He does, and I get it. But <laughs> he's so damn good. 
Oh, he's having a really good year. I don't like I don't hate Aaron Judge. I hate Yankee fans. I hate that team. Their games take so damn long. It's 11:30 and I'm we're podcasting about this. Because the game was an hour and a half long because every one of their batters wants to step out for an hour and every pitcher takes forever. Joe West was right. Uh, we're ending on that because Tyler is clearly way too drunk to continue podcasting I'm because he said Joe not. West is correct. When he criticized the Yankees in the Red Sox you've about their of length of games, he was right. I don't care if he is right. If you ever, if you ever side with Joe West, then we're done. Do your candy thing. Uh, anyways, though, we will get out of here. Um, it was a tough, tough loss. But uh, eight nines of the game was actually kind of exciting. Sure. So they do play tomorrow. Uh, the Yankees once again. It's a seven oh five start. It is Rowan's day. He will take on Luis Severino, who returns from the IL, I believe. Um, so, uh, if anything, it was nice. The big stage. It is the Yankees. Luis Ortiz showed up. Now we can see Rowan Z. He gets to face his former team. Yeah. So another another good must see TV if you're a Pirates fan. Hopefully. Whatever. <laughs> after that, there will be 12 left. 12 <laughs> games after tomorrow, baby. Let's get out of here. Appreciate you guys watching. Go ahead and follow, subscribe, do all the good stuff. We will be back tomorrow. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Peace out, our scouts. <laughs>